Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number four. Welcome everyone today to the program. My name is Brian Holmes and it is an absolute joy to have you with us today here on the Strategic Living Podcast where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, changing nations. We want to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. Hey, we want to see you become all that God has uniquely created you to be to accomplish all that he has given you to do in this life. I am so grateful that you're with us today. It's going to be a fantastic program. I trust that you're settled in and ready to go. Hey, let's get started, everyone. Well, welcome today to the program. And again, it's just an awesome privilege to be with you every single week. And our first several weeks have been just fantastic. We've been enjoying the the learning process of developing and producing a podcast and getting it out there to our community and to those that would like to share with others. And I just trust that our efforts so far have been a blessing to you. And on this episode specifically, we're going to be talking about recognizing and navigating seasons of transition. I'm very excited about this because I find that every person, every human being ever born to time goes through numerous seasons in life that we would refer to as transitions. It's leaving one place and entering into another one. And Benjamin Franklin once said, there is nothing certain in this world except for death and taxes. Now, I'm not so sure he's totally correct about that, but one thing I'm sure he left out, there is one other certainty that everyone deals with throughout their lifetime, and that is transition. So in this episode, we're going to look at some key principles that will help you to recognize your seasons and to steward them in a way that I believe will bring lasting, very positive, and very fruitful results. I want to start with a scriptural principle. Let's look at this verse in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not regard myself to as, as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do I'm forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul here, of course, tremendously accomplished man, a very intelligent man, a very learned man, and some would argue that he was our modern-day equivalent of an attorney, but he was a very intelligent man. And throughout his lifetime, arguably, he was the greatest apostle that ever lived, save Jesus himself. And uh, so many miracles and churches planted and so many accomplishments and different things that he endured, what have you. But here's a guy who, with all of his resume and all of his accolades and all the things that he could boast of, he said, there's one thing I'm sure of. Whatever's behind me, I need to forget about that and leave it behind me because there is still something ahead of me. So somewhere between where I have been and where I'm going, I've got to deal with this because I've got to press toward that which is in front of me. Another scripture that I'd like to reference just right up front here is this wonderful passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says, There is an appointed time for everything 
and there is a time for every event under heaven. And then it goes through this really familiar passage here that says there's a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace. There's a time to push back and shun embracing. There's a time to search, a time to give up as lost. There is a time to keep, and there's a time to throw away, a time to tear apart, and a time to mend or sew together. There is a time to be silent, and there's a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and time for peace. So let's talk about this idea of transition. Let me first begin by saying this. Change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. That statement alone, frankly, uh, shakes a lot of people to their core because 70% of the people of the earth are wired in such a way that they are adverse to change. They, they, there's something about change that does not agree with them. I am a certified practitioner in the area of personality profiling and looking at behavioral studies that tell you, are you choleric, are you melancholy, et cetera, et cetera. I use one that's called the DISC profile, D-I-S-C. And we know that nearly 70% of all people are a, a predominant type S personality. And the greatest fear of an S personality style is that of change. And I think in spite of that statistic, I would also feel very confident in telling you that it's easier for most individuals just to maintain course and keep things the way they've always been than it is to transition to a new place, a new season, a new way of doing things. Change is difficult, but change is necessary. Change is sometimes a little unnerving. But ladies and gentlemen, change is inevitable. As a matter of fact, life, even creation, even nature, shows us this. It demands that there are seasons of change. Think about this. Without a winter, you could have no spring. Without planting, without a season of really working the dirt and plowing and preparing the ground and meticulously caring for a piece of land that would be healthy enough to receive a seed. Without that season of, of planting, we could never know the joy of harvest. Without conception, we would never know the joy of, of having children in our lives. Here's another one for you. Without leaving one place where I have been and where I am presently, without leaving this place, I can never know the excitement or the adventure of discovering something new. You see, we all love, we really do, we all love the freshness 
and the life that comes with a new beginning. I don't know of anyone that would not say, I remember the time when something new came into my life and that, that just that place of newness and freshness was so invigorating and so uh, exciting. But see, very few of us enjoy the process of letting go of the old and even fewer of us enjoy the place that I call between. You see, we are creatures of habit. We are utterly addicted to the comfortable and to the safe. And really, from the time we're very young children, we are taught to to learn something, and then that is the way it's going to be done. We are taught the, the concept and the philosophy of personal comfort. As a matter of fact, as we'll discover in future episodes, we talk more about the mind. When you study the theory of mind, you know that between the ages of zero years old and around 12 or 13 years old, for the most part, most beliefs are formed. And in the context of those beliefs really being formed and concretized in the soul of man, what happens is is that a comfort zone is developed. And it is in the parameters of that comfort zone, within the parameters of that comfort zone, that we tend to live our lives because we like to be comfortable. We like to be safe. As a matter of fact, our propensity is to be satisfied with the status quo. And most of us, if we were to acknowledge and be honest, we will avoid at all cost the necessary changes required to realize true progress. I would rather be safe and comfortable than I would to deal with whatever issues I may have to deal with in order to move forward in my life and see better results. Now, I'm not being critical here. This is the human condition. This is most of us listening to this podcast today. It is really the quintessential catch-22. Stay comfortable and stay stuck. Or pursue that which is available to you. But know this, if you do that, you'll need to deal with that which is unknown to you. In other words, you cannot have what you do not have without moving forward not knowing what you don't know. You see, the choice is entirely yours, but to forego the natural seasons of life, and trust me when I tell you I'm living this personally right now, to forego these natural movements of life and this moving from place to place, from level to level, from zone to zone, if you will, to refuse to allow your life to organically move in this symphony of movement and progress is really to choose to die. We read in Ecclesiastes about seasons. There's an appointed time and an appointed season for everything. There's a time to build up, but then there's a time to tear down. There's a time to live. There's a time to die. There's a time for joy. There's a time for mourning. And understand this, when you go into a season of mourning, the Bible says weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes And so just because you may be in a season of mourning now doesn't mean the season won't change again and you'll be back in a place of joy. I want to share this with you. When something's season has come to an end, when the the lifespan of a particular season or opportunity has come to an end, 
to continue living in that season's grace will lead to frustration and many times to failure because discontentment many times leads to disillusionment, which then leads to making really severe mistakes out of desperation. So what is the answer then? How do we, if, if change is inevitable, if transition in life is something that I'm going to be dealing with not once, not twice, maybe three, four, five, eight, 10, 15 times in my lifetime, what is the answer? How do I deal with this? How do I recognize and navigate successfully transition? Well, what is transition? I looked up in the dictionary the word transition and very simple definition here that I'd like to share with you. Webster defines transition as passage from one state, stage, subject, or place to another. At the end of the day, transition, simply put, is change. And the key word I want to focus on in the main part of that definition is the word passage. Passage. Because between point A, which is where you have been, maybe where you presently find yourself, and point B, which is where God is intending to move you to or have you enter into, between point A and point B, there is a passage that must be successfully accomplished. And I wanted to share with you, it's my supposition that the starting point is already determined. We know where you are today. I'll go a step further. I believe the destination, we talked about that in episode number three of this podcast, your destination or your destiny is also already determined, even though you may not know where that is or what that is. Maybe you've not discovered that and clearly defined what that is yet, but the fact is it is already determined. So point A is determined, point B is determined. Now the critical part of this is how do I steward the passage or the journey between these two points? You say, well, give me some examples, Brian, of what transition looks like. What, what are you talking about when you talk about transition? Well, let me give you a few examples that just kind of came to my mind as I was doing the show prep for this episode. Uh, graduating from high school, that's a huge transition. It's, it may be the first very major transition in a young adult's life, graduating from high school. Well, you know, I, that, that one's near and dear to my heart right now because my son just graduated high school in the month of May 2013 and very soon will be transitioning from high school, which he's now graduated, into university life. He'll be leaving us here two weeks from the date of this recording and he will be off to college to uh, gain his education and really prepare himself for whatever it is that God has for him in his life. Big transition. College itself. Living as a a grown man, a grown woman, uh, away from your parents, away from their protection maybe, away from their covering, away from their, their day-to-day involvement in your life. That's a huge transition for anyone. How about all of these, and I call them kids, coming out of college and they're looking for their first real job? They've spent you know, $100,000, $200,000 on an education And they come out now with all the dreams and all of these aspirations. And now they're somewhere in between education and landing that career position that they have dreamed about having. That in-between place, that's transition. Well, another big one that we experience in life, those of us who are married or intend on being married, is 
the whole idea of, of coming into a very strong relationship with uh, a life partner, coming into, in my case, it was with my precious wife. In your case, if you're a, a young lady, it may be with a, a good-looking, strapping young man who has great aspirations and dreams for his life. Whatever the case may be, being newly married is a journey in and of itself. Most people who get married uh, have these wonderful dreams, and I call them sometimes fantasies of what they think married life's going to be like. And then some people, if they get married a little older in life, they've had some more experience, some more wisdom under their belt, and they have maybe some more uh, properly framed expectations and views on what that's going to be. But nevertheless, being married is an adjustment. (laughs) It's a transition. Starting a family, having kids, some of the some dear, dear friends of ours. As a matter of fact, a young couple that's uh, she, the young lady, has been in mine and my wife's life for many, many years, and they're in their 30s now, and they're beginning to talk about having children, and I'm uh, just so thrilled about that. But man, does life ever change when the babies start showing up? It's a major transition. It, it requires a, a philosophical change. It, it requires an adjustment on our part of what our priorities are. All of a sudden now, Sunday afternoon football is not near as important as it used to be because I've got a baby crying in the room that has a dirty diaper and is hungry, and some days you don't know why they're crying, but they're just crying, and they need your attention. And and so priorities have to change because anytime you're dealing with transitions, you have to reassess what your priorities are. How How about navigating life changes, major events such as unemployment? That's a transition. A death in the family. I have experienced that. My father passed away at a relatively young age, 64 years old. We lost my dad in 1999, and that was a very significant transition for me as a son, coping with and dealing with the process of losing a family member. Divorce. Man, what a what an unbelievable epidemic we have in our country where I'm recording this podcast, the United States, but really around the world. Divorce is rampant, and it's very difficult, it seems, for people to really stay the course and be committed long-term, but the fact of the matter is, as long as we're dealing with people, we're going to deal with divorce, and divorce, that that breaching, that breaking, that separation of covenant and relationships and moving different directions in their lives, that, that, that propagates a massive transition in one's life. Recovering from addiction. Uh, all of these things, these are all events or traumas or circumstances that cause us to enter into seasons of transition. Here's one that's uh, a little bit close to home for me right now. Uh, someone called it midlife crisis. Maybe it's midlife restlessness. Uh, a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Mark Sharona, calls it individuation. And I've been studying that concept quite a bit of late because I find myself at that place in my life now where I am somewhere between my my younger years and moving now toward my latter years. And in the middle here is this transition where I'm really trying to identify who am I? Why am I here? What What is the meaning of life? What is going to be my contribution how do I want to focus my time and my energy and my resources for the next number of years? It's that midlife crisis, that midlife transition that so many people go through, whether male or female, it happens to every one of us where we find ourselves at a place looking at everything in our life 
and determining, is this important? Is this where I want to spend my time and energy? Job burnout, career changes, starting a business or a ministry. These are all examples of life transitions. How about empty nesters? Thank God I'm not there yet. I'm about to send one of my children off to school. I've got my daughter home with me for another three years, so I'm at least three or four years from being an empty nester. But that's going to be a massive transition from having your children in the home with you and you're caring for them and loving them, providing for them, and then all of a sudden it's just you and mama. And all of a sudden now you've got to learn again to how to have a relationship, just the two of you. That's a massive transition. How about those who are approaching retirement or maybe they're already there? That is a transition. Working 40, 50 years in the workforce and being career-minded or owning a business and then coming to a place in your life where you're ready to say, all right, it's time for me now to enjoy uh, these last 15, 20, 30 years of my life and I'm going to retire from working and just now begin to spend time with those that I love. That's a transition. So you see that there are so many different examples, and we could go on with that list for a long time, but these and so many other examples, these can be daunting. They can be paralyzing, debilitating, and if not properly managed, I've seen it happen many times where these types of seasons can bring a person's life to a screeching halt. So how do we recognize, or even more importantly, how do we embrace seasons of change? How do we, how do we run to seasons of transition as opposed to run from? How do we say in our own hearts and minds, how can I take uh, and fight this resistance that so naturally occurs when I'm faced with this season? When I'm looking ahead and I'm thinking, man, I've got to make some adjustments here. And everything in me says, no, 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 no. Keep things the way they are. How do I push back and how do I work through that resistance and come to a place where I successfully navigate and move through a transition that really is for my own good. How do you do that? Well, we're going to be talking about that. As a matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and announce to you right now, this is part one of this podcast or part one of this topic here, dealing with transition. I'm going to do the same thing next week, deal with it on another level. But right now in this show, I want to talk to you about the seven challenges that we often face when faced with a season of transition, seven challenges that we face when coming to a season of transition. So if you have a place, if you're in your car, don't write these down. Go back and listen to it later. They'll also be in the show notes for you. Uh, But if you've got some time to kind of think with me on this, I'd like you to be doing so because I think you might find yourself in one of these seven, if not more than one of these seven. So seven challenges that we face when in seasons of transition. Let's talk about it. Number one, an unwillingness to recognize or acknowledge the end of one season. Unwillingness to recognize or acknowledge the end of a season. This is where, ladies and gentlemen, a person is simply unwilling or incapable to to say, you know what, the usefulness of this season of my life obviously is coming to an end now, so it's time for me to, to assess, to adjust, and to move forward with something new and something different. That could be a job. I've, I've got a very close friend of mine who very recently uh, felt just this discontent for some time about his career, his career path, the field he was working in, 
And he said to me, he says, man, I, I've got, I, I feel as though where I'm at right now, it is, it, it's gone way beyond the life of its usefulness and it's time for me to move on. That is a willingness to acknowledge and a willingness to recognize that, hey, this season is over with. Here's a silly example, crazy example. I'm a musician. I've been playing the drums since I was three or four years old. And as I grew up, I've been involved in all kinds of worship and music and choirs and what have you. And frankly, music is just in my blood. And I was a good drummer and I enjoyed playing drums. I enjoyed doing that type of thing. But there came a point where if I was going to grow into a place of more usefulness in my own life and and progress more toward my destiny, I would have to say the time and the season for me to be a drummer is over with. The time for me to spend several hours a day practicing and and all of my spare time hanging out with the guys, jamming out, that, that season has come to an end. And I had to realize it was time for me to transition out of the responsibilities and the roles that I had as a drummer and lay that down so that I can make room for what was next. But it starts with a willingness to recognize and acknowledge that the the season you're presently in is coming to an end. And I tell you, some people struggle with that. Some people struggle with allowing closure to take place. And we'll talk about why. Number two, the inability to bury the past. This is a challenge people face. The inability to simply bury the past. Now, what are you talking about, Brian, burying the past? Well, there's this amazing passage of scripture and story in the Bible that talks about Abraham and his wife, Sarah, died. And the implication is, is that he was not present when she died. Maybe she was, but the way I read it, she was not. Pre- he was not present. He came uh, home to find her there the Bible says that he went into the room where she was being, her body was being kept. The Bible says that he wept and he mourned over her. We don't know for how long. Could have been hours. It probably was days, as is the custom in many, many parts of the world. And then this wonderful little phrase says, "And he arose from over his dead. He got up. He said, "All right, I can't, I cannot stay here and grieve and mourn over this long any longer. I've grieved. I've mourned." It, it breaks my heart. I've lost the love of my life. And this lady has been with me for all these many years. She has borne me sons. And, but I, if I, I cannot stay here grieving and mourning forever. So the Bible says he arose from over his dead and he turned to those that were present with him. And he said, give me a place that I can bury my dead out of my sight. So one of the challenges we deal with is we have things in our life that we're holding on to, such as mistakes we've made in the past. And rather than bury those and just get up from grieving and mourning over that, we continue to just wallow in the, the self-pity of those issues. Maybe it's failures. Maybe you failed in business. Maybe you failed in marriage. Maybe you failed uh, in some other relationship that you had. But at some point, you have to get up and say, all right, it's time for me now to bury my past and move on. Maybe it's friendships or relationships that are no longer alive to you. But rather than continue to grieve over them, maybe you need to just say, all right, give me a place. I want to bury this now. I want to put it in my past. And as Paul said, I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. 
and I'm looking ahead because what is ahead is much more pleasant, much more fruitful than what's behind me. Jobs, careers, businesses, whatever the case may be, you have to be able to bury the past. Number three, fear of the unknown. Boy, this is a big challenge. Fear of the unknown. And one of the analogies that I tend to draw about this is, you know, when you're reading some books, especially if you read paper books, uh, a lot of times you'll come to the end of a chapter in a book and between the last few words of, let's say, chapter number two and the first word of chapter number three, many times there will be a blank page there. And this fear of the unknown is like that blank page because you sense and you know that this chapter of my life has concluded. There's nothing else that can be written in that chapter. It's time for a new chapter to be written, and the new chapter is going to bring new characters. It's going to bring new uh, players. It's going to bring new uh, opportunities. It's going to bring new blessings and resources. The new chapter, I don't even know what's over there yet, but whatever is over there, it's good, and I want to enjoy what is good. But man, right now, I feel like I'm in the middle of a blank page. And that creates so much consternation in our hearts because we have control issues, ladies and gentlemen. We want to know what's going on and be able to hold on to it and handle it and manipulate it and take care of it and control it. And many times we can't do that. Fear of the unknown. Number four, another challenge that we face when dealing with transition is personal worth or personal esteem issues. Well, I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the kind of relationships I need to make that kind of connection. I don't have the right kind of money. I don't have this, and I, I'm not that, and, and on and on we go. And my question to you is, what truth do you believe? Because if you are moving towards your destiny, then you're moving toward that which God has already predetermined concerning your life. And if he has predetermined that you are to arrive at that destiny, then obviously you have what it takes to be there and he deems you qualified and worthy. And so anytime we're dealing with personal worth or esteem issues, many times we're dealing with untruth in the soul of man that needs to be resolved, needs to be dealt with so that we can break through these limiting beliefs and get to where it is God's trying to take us. Number five, another challenge is fear of losing relationships. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I've experienced every one of these that I'm talking about today, but this one here is serious, uh, really a, a tender place because all of us love to, to have meaningful relationships. But I'm going to tell you something. Not everybody that calls themselves your friend wants to see you succeed. As a matter of fact, it's probably accurate to say that sometimes even our own family members don't want to see us succeed. Here's the deal. Some people need you to stay where you are so that they can feel good about themselves. Did you hear what I said? Some people need you to stay where you are so they can feel okay about themselves because they, if you move forward and if you grow and if you outgrow them and if you outshine them, if you decide I'm breaking free of this rut that I'm in and I'm moving on with my life to become what I am capable of becoming and you leave those folks sitting there unwilling to change themselves, the distance between you and them magnifies their unwillingness to change and their own shortcomings. And so I find sometimes people want to keep you back right where you are. Matter of fact, 
I want to share this with you. Please hear me. Not everyone can, and not everyone will go with you to the next level. If you determine that when I, as I'm going through this, this passage, this transition to my next place, I am going there. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to become what I can become and be who I can be. I want to tell you right now up front, not everybody will make that transition with you. Sometimes we have to be willing to walk away from relationships as they have been. You see, some relationships, you might lose those. That You might lose a relationship. You may find that one person is not willing to continue walking with you if you're going to go ahead and go do what you can. Other relationships might remain exactly the same as they've always been. And some relationships may choose to grow with you. Your your persistence, your determination to become all God's called you to be may be the spark that brings somebody right along with you. But not everybody is going to go with you to the next level. So a fear of losing relationships. Number six, another challenge. One of the challenges we face is developing the, the new discipline of dreaming again. That's right. Dreaming. Because most people, in my estimation, have stopped dreaming. Wonderful term that I discovered a few years ago, futuring. Most people have stopped futuring. They've stopped looking forward in their life. The best they can do is look to their history and to their present position, but they can't see their future from the context of a dream. They've long ago given up on their passions and their hopes and the fantasies they had of becoming and doing and accomplishing. Instead, they've settled into a life of just a mundane existence, the same old, same old, same old. In order to break free and successfully transition, it will require intentional dreaming, disciplined futuring. It will require you to be so structured and disciplined where you are daily seeing yourself at the next level. You see, it's going to require a discipline for you to always live with forward vision. Again, Philippians 3, brethren, where I am today, I've got a long list of, this is Brian Holmes' translation. Where I am today is great, a lot of great accomplishments, lots of wonderful testimonies. Everything's been great to this point. But let me tell you what, I, I, I am not there yet. But here's one thing I'm determined to do. I cannot be fixated on what lies behind me. I cannot be stuck thinking about what coulda, woulda, shoulda been. What I have to do is I have to look forward. I have to see the prize. I have to go after the goal. I have to do, I have to push toward that which Christ himself has laid hold of me to push toward. You see, that's the deal. Forward thinking, futuring, and developing the discipline of dreaming again. And lastly, number seven, walking by faith and not by sight. By definition, transition requires a measure of faith. You say, well, does God really even have plans for me, Brian? Oh, yes, he does. We talked about this last week. Can I trust him to lead me even when I'm not sure where I'm going? Oh, yes, you can. What do I do when, when what I see in front of me scares me a little bit? I tell you what you do. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. You have to trust that the step that you're seeing right now is the right step and you go with it. 
Well, what, what if all I can see is one step and I can't see where I'm going? It's okay. If you can see one step, take it. This is where faith comes in. This is where a relationship with God really comes in and is so beneficial because we can be led by his spirit. Let me give you a few closing thoughts. I am personally right now in one of the most intense and significant seasons of transition in my own life. I've probably been in this little window of time for maybe nine to 12 months. And I will be very honest and transparent with you and tell you there are days when I feel like there is no way that my mind and my heart can take much more. It's just, it's just coming from all kinds of directions and it's just, sometimes it feels like it's just too much. But I'm going to encourage you today. God is faithful and he is working all things for your good. Your heavenly father knows the end from the beginning. So what you don't know is not a problem. All you have to do is embrace the journey, embrace the transition. A season of change is necessary, but you have to embrace it. And you have to take that step of faith and say, all right, I'm not sure where this is going to land me up, but I know that where I am today is not where I need to be. And I'm going to transition out of this season of my life because there is another season coming. I want to end this week's podcast by sharing with you a poem that has helped me in so many different seasons of my life. And even in recent months, I've been going back to this on a frequent basis in my devotion time. And I just want to share it with you. I think it'll, it'll help you. And it is written in King James language, old English, but just kind of hear this from your heart. Child of my love, fear not the unknown morrow. Dread not the new demand life makes of thee. Thy ignorance doth hold no cause for sorrow, since what thou knowest not is known to me. Thou canst not see the hidden meaning of my command, but thou the light shall gain. Walk on in faith upon my promise leaning, and as thou goest, all shall be made plain. One step thou seest, then go forward boldly. One step is far enough for faith to see. Take that, and thy next duty shall be told thee. For step by step, the Lord is leading thee. Stand not in fear, thy adversaries counting. Dare every peril save to disobey. Thou shalt march on all obstacles surmounting. For I, the Lord, will open up the way. Therefore, go gladly to the task assigned thee, having my promise, needing nothing more than just to know where'er the future find thee in all thy journeyings I go before. Well, I trust that this content today has been a blessing to you. Let's go now to our question line. We have a couple of questions here, and first I'm going to go to Matthew. Matthew here. Um, I'm in a stage in my life right now where it seems like there's a lot of things changing. (laughs) It seems like it's been like that for a while now. And I can tell that 
you know, at times it just seems overwhelming. Um, I've got a change in my job from, you know, we're going from, I've been working at home, now we're moving back into an office. Um, I volunteer and do some part-time work at the church, and I've just transitioned into um, taking over the area with the youth. And then I'm also building my own business. I've been building that up, and it just... There's just a lot of things up in there. And then we're also expecting a newborn baby um, here in October. And I'm telling you, man, just like life is coming at me 100 miles an hour. And it's all good things, but it's a lot of good things. And I just really would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how do I navigate through all this stuff that's going on without either withdrawing and giving up or you know, freaking out and, and how do I know which things I should be focusing on and really, you know, I mean, that's just changes and transitions and and going from one thing to the next. It's always in this, it feels like it's a state of flux and, um, you know, I really want to stay focused and be strategic in the way I approach all this. So I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your insights on that. Thank you, Brian. Well, Matthew, that's a lot, man. Uh, but I, I tell you what, I appreciate the question. It's a great one. And I, I heard several questions in there, actually. But let me just kind of take a stab here and tell you that the interesting thing about and my assumption is, listening to your question, that you're probably uh, in the younger years of your life, maybe 30s, uh, you've got some young children, a new baby coming on. Uh, and obviously, anytime you're dealing with kids at home, then there are all kinds of things happening. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I've got two children. One's about to go to college. Massive transition. Uh, thankfully, I say thankfully, uh, we don't have any new babies coming on right now. But, you know, you, you've got a job. You have a business that you mentioned. The job being, I believe you said youth ministry uh, and part-time work you do with your church. You have your business that you are presently working at home. You also have your children at various ages in your home and all this things going on. There's a lot of things happening there. And and first and foremost, let me say that you need to know definitively what it is you're called to do primarily. That is not to say you can't juggle multiple things. Uh, I'm kind of a uh, multi-faceted guy myself. But you have to really laser in on your one thing that is so important to you that that that's your main focus and let me just stop right there and say families first one of the greatest mistakes I've made in my life over the last 10 years or so is there have been moments when I have not ministered to and and been the priest of my home like I should because I've been so focused on business and ministry and this and that and uh, you know I'm, I'm really working right now in this season to to write that uh, but I will say family first well, relationship with, with God first, assuming you're a believer. Uh, number two, your family. But then as it relates to the things that you're doing, uh, I think you have to just look at how do I prioritize? How do I, as you mentioned, be very strategic about my day-to-day walking it out? You mentioned that several changes are taking place. I didn't really pick up on what those changes were other than the new baby coming. But, you know, it, maybe it's new roles, new responsibilities, uh, maybe more time in the office, less time at home, whatever those may be, you simply have to sit down and really get quiet and still and look at what is most important. Those things really begin by assessing your values. And then just like you said, strategic thinking, strategic planning, and being very intentional about your time. You have a lot to manage. 
church and ministry, business and and your income, and then you have, of course, your family. So you're going to really be looking at how all that comes together. I hope that's helpful to you. All right, let's go now to to Kevin. I believe Kevin's our next caller. Hi, my name is Kevin Williams, and I blog at careerindie.com. That's careerindie.com. My blog is about connecting who you are as a unique individual with what you do for a career. My question for you is this. What is the value of forgiveness during times of transition and change? What is the value of forgiveness during times of transition and change? Thank you. I really enjoy your podcast, and I look forward to your answer. That's a great question, Kevin. Uh, The question is, what role does forgiveness play in transition process? And next week when we visit this transition topic again in our next podcast, episode number five, we're going to talk about some of that. But let me just give you a little bit of advance here. Anytime I am leaving the season that I'm presently in, inevitably it's going to involve relationships, it's going to involve uh, covenants and things that I've made with individuals or with companies or with ministries or whatever the case may be, but I'm leaving point A to move to point B. And anytime I am dealing with that, it's always going to involve people. Well, anytime we're going to be dealing with people, we know there's going to be issues that have to be resolved, have to be reconciled. And let me tell you this, if you have experienced an offense, if you have experienced uh the perpetration of hurtful words or hurtful events that has has been uh, sown against your life by another individual, then there is always room there to hold grudges, to hold unforgiveness, to to be angry, to be toxic. And in how I leave, this is the point I want to get to, how I leave this season of my life determines how I enter the next season of my life. I want to say it again, how I leave One place determines how I enter the next place. So let's say I leave this season and this place, and now I no longer have to deal with that person who hurt me and messed me over so bad. But I carry all the pain, all the unforgiveness, all the bitterness, all the anger that I have towards that person I carry that into my next season. Now watch this. Even though I'm not having to deal with that person any longer, I have left this place angry, bitter, resentful, offended. And so I enter the next season, the next place, the next opportunity, hurt, resentful, bitter, and angry. And watch this. I now have set myself up for failure with any new relationships that I have because I am going to be viewing every relationship that comes to me in that new season through the prism or the glasses of bitterness, anger. I can't trust people. They're going to hurt me. And so releasing people, forgiving them, letting it go is paramount to the successful passage into a new season of fruitfulness and prosperity and blessing. Forgiveness. We'll talk more about that next week. But that's a fantastic question. But my my main thing there is, is that forgiveness, forgiveness is essential if you're going to go into a new season clean. You have to do it. Well, next week, as we've already mentioned, I'm going to be 
unpacking this thought of recognizing and navigating seasons of transition a little bit more. We're going to be sharing a number of principles with you that I think are key uh, in helping you to navigate your personal season of transition. I want to encourage you, just as these folks have done, leave us a question at brianholmes.com right there on the homepage, the far right-hand side. You'll see a little tab that says, leave us a voicemail. If you'll just click on that, submit your question, we'll certainly consider it for next week's program and uh, just encourage you to interact with us there on that as well. All right? Well, you know what that sound is? That means we have a few announcements. Well, it's always fun. Nice little jingle there. Well, you might remember that we are preparing right now for our Romanian Pastors and Leaders Initiative. And basically, this is where we go over to Eastern Europe and we provide a venue and accommodations and meals and four days of intensive training, really pouring into frontline leaders, frontline pastors. And I tell you what, I I can think of no greater soil on which to sow some seed than Eastern Europe. Those folks are so hungry to learn and to grow, to be equipped, to be empowered. And I would love for you to help us to provide that to them. As I explained before, we are responsible to actually uh, provide them the finances necessary to cover their transportation to the venue, their accommodations, their meals, etc., And we just would love for you to be a part of that. You can visit my website, brianholmes.com forward slash Romanian dash leaders. That's brianholmes.com forward slash Romanian dash leaders. Or right there on the homepage, if you'll scroll down the right-hand sidebar, there'll be a little button there you can click on as well. But we would love for you to help us. $150 sponsors one pastor and covers all their costs for the entire week. And if you can sponsor one maybe two, maybe three, maybe five, maybe 10. We've had one gentleman who helped us by sponsoring about eight people. And I'm so grateful for that. So love to to have you check that out. Also, if you'd like to have me speak at your church, maybe at a conference, a leadership event, uh, or any type of venue where we can be a blessing to you, please visit my speaking page at brianholmes.com forward slash speaking. We'd be happy to discuss with you the possibility of coming and helping your organization in any way that we can. Last thing I want to mention to you is we are setting up right now for our September Certified Professional Coach Training. That is where we actually train for two days, 16 hours intensive training uh, for you to become a professional certified life coach, business coach, executive coach. And uh, we'd love to have you check that out as well right there on brianholmes.com. Down the right-hand column, you'll also see a graphic that says become a certified professional coach. And we also, in, in addition to our live events, which by the way, the next one's coming up on September 20 and 21, But in addition to our live events here in Dallas, we also offer one-on-one online training as well as group online training. If you'd like to find out more about that, contact us via our website. We'd be happy to talk to you about that. Well, let me just close out today by saying we'd love for you to subscribe to our weekly update. We've just got a beautiful email that we send out once a week to give you an overview of the various uh, blog posts, strategic living podcast posts. Uh, We have a phenomenal Monday mastery video that goes out once a week for leadership development. 
And uh, these are just really doing so well. And we'd love for you to know weekly what's going on. Also, subscribe to this podcast via iTunes or whatever uh, podcast app you're using. And man, I'm just asking you, share what we are doing here with your friends, with your associates, with those that you love, and even with those you don't love. Share it uh, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, whatever it is you uh, use, Google+, and we'd love for you to get the word out there for us as well. Well, that's it for this episode of Strategic Living, and I trust that something that we have shared today has challenged your heart to pursue God's very best for your life. Be encouraged. Transition is your friend. It is helping you to move out of a place of being stuck and into a place of being so fruitful, so content, so satisfied, so blessed. And we want you to to really enjoy this process with us. If you'd like to comment on this episode, go to brianholmes.com, go to the show notes for this episode, scroll down to the very bottom there. We'd love to hear from you and engage you in conversation. Last thing I'm going to ask of you, I would love and be so grateful if you would rate our podcast in iTunes. This helps us to Uh, have tremendous visibility. It helps others to find out about our podcast. And those that have not heard about us, they can find us if you are there helping us to say, hey, this is a great thing and we'd love for you to be a part of it. All right? That's right. Episode number four. I'm looking forward to next week being back with you here. We're going to continue talking about transition Until next time, remember this, you were made in God's image, you are designed for a unique purpose, and you are destined for greatness. Man, the entire world is waiting for you to show up and just be who it is you are. That's right. You have the capacity, you have the worth, you have the talent, the skills, the abilities. Something you have to offer this life is going to change someone else. So grateful you're here this week. God bless. Thank you for being a part. We'll see you right back here next week.